0: I guess it's true what they say about you people. Can't trust a fucking word comes out of your mouth. What's the matter, John Rue? I hurt your feelings. As a matter of fact, you did.
1: I know I'm the only black son bitch you ever conversed with, so I'm gonna cut you some slack. You got no idea what it's like being a black man facing down America. The only time black folks are safe is when white folks is disarmed. And this letter had the desired effect of disarming white folks.
0: Call it what you want. (laughs) I call it a dirty fucking trick.
1: You want to know why I lie about something like that, white man? Got me on that stage, coach, didn't
2: it? You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound... But of mind, mind, a journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee bird Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Ms. Claire Linnet. Mind expansion, engage.
3: Greetings folks. The boys are back in town. Would you believe it? This is the Midweek Review edition of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk, folks. The call-in number, don't you forget it again. 646-915-9620. 646-915-9620. Two hours of fun, facts, and most definitely fire. Let's just get into a quick urban alt groove. Well, you know my spiel. Urban alternative, black rock and roll, afro punk and so forth. Psychedelic soul and all that jazz. And jazz. Um quickly through James Brown. This is a James Brown remix, one of his classics, The Boss. I'm going to give you about 2 minutes and then we'll get into the discourse. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about the president elect Well, you knew that. The president-elect, which is hard for me to even say, Donald Trump. But I think even before that, I actually want to address LeBron James. So, the mighty James Brown, and then we'll get to the discourse. The boss. out the phaser on the funk. The godfather of soul. James Brown, the boss. Folks, this is the Midweek Review Edition. Let's just get to it. Cap your needed off of Rigel 4 and on to Terra Firma. Let's get to it.
4: Space. The final frontier.
6: the floor is yours sir
3: all right all right folks um as i said at the top of the show that you know we're we're pretty much forced to speak about donald trump president-elect donald trump but i really want to speak about lebron james um we have to speak about the the presidency and the the transfer of, of power because it's it's ongoing, it's very fresh, it's almost akin to a wound, because it's such a highly contested presidency, I think, at this point. I mean, as far as what's happening emotionally, I can't say legally, although there are folks out there trying. Uh, Senator Barbara Boxer from California, she's desperately trying to uh, submit this bill that would try to dismantle the Electoral College. But good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that, Senator Boxer. Uh, I I will say just quickly, and again, we will talk about LeBron James. I will say just quickly that a lot of this seems so foolhardy, and it does appear to be sour grapes on on a certain level. On a certain level, we are talking about sour grapes respectfully. Um, Because realistically, Donald Trump himself had said when he was in— the losing position, at least when he thought he was in a losing position, that, oh, yes, we have to dismantle. Now that he's won because of the Electoral College, all of a sudden the Electoral College isn't that bad. Conversely, the Democrats are weighing in saying that the Electoral College seriously needs to be reevaluated because this is the second time in a row, first with Al Gore in 2000 when he had the majority of the popular votes, and we see in like-minded fashion his colleague secretary clinton she too has i think approaching a million over a million more than donald trump in uh in popularity with the well part of with the popular vote um so now there's talk about trying to change it up but if it happened a different way if she had come out the winner with more electoral votes and did not have the popular vote Would she be talking the same way This becomes a null and void conversation It becomes moot Anyway let's talk about LeBron James um, Well you know what Let me let me not talk about LeBron James Let me actually play a clip A brief clip um, <laughs> This is a rising star I know the captain knows who this gentleman is I, I gotta figure out a way to get him on the show He is following in true fashion With the mighty David Carroll and he references David Carr quite a bit. There's, there's a cadre of independent thinkers in social media. I would say the Captain, yours truly, Clay Lane and the Uncanny Daryl B. There's a cadre of folks, uh, for, you know, with the, ranging from different hardcore to light core styles. I think we give you some may disagree. We give you a lighter touch. Some of these guys weigh in really heavy. Hard body karate style. So anyway, O'Shea Duke Jackson. I want to give you a few minutes uh, of 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 him dismantling this LeBron James issue. Then we will weigh in in our own way. But it, it, it's a bit vulgar. It's a bit visceral. You know, we're not into cursing. Again, he has a heavier touch. We have a lighter touch. But I want you to hear a few minutes. Of Mr. Jackson breaking down This LeBron James thing And uh, just just To the quickness He has a bugaboo About Phil Jackson Call, Referring to his Business partners LeBron James business partners As a posse I get his drift And I would agree Under normal circumstances But I think the zeitgeist The zeitgeist doesn't really lend credence to the argument about a posse being inappropriate. I'll explain O'Shea Duke-Jackson first, then we'll do what we have to do. Hold on. Or maybe not. (laughs) What is happening, Captain, with our boards? Now, we have a new system now. Are you hearing anything, Cap?
1: This is going to be... One there we videos. The and I'm going to lose about 45 to 50 subscribers. Because you buffoonish, emotional, feminine-acting Negroes, some of y'all. You don't have a problem with me talking about black women. You don't have a t- problem with me talking about the black community. But once I talk about one of you Negroes' sacred cows, you niggas go fucking crazy. If talk about Tupac, you go crazy. And I noticed the last time I talked about this soft-ass Negro LeBron James, you Negroes got in your period. It was menstruation everywhere. I could just throw tampons at you because you was just menstruating everywhere, ovulating, you was pregnant, you negro. was emotional. I'm unsubscribing, I'm unsubscribing, I'm so hurting emotional. I love LeBron James. I want to give him a blowjob. I mean this is how you black men act when it comes to your certain sacred cows. You're more fans of them than the women are. And see, it brings me of the point today that LeBron James is a six-foot-eight muscle-bound bitch. And the way that I'm going to say that is how he responded to Phil Jackson's criticism of him in his sissy ways. Now, Phil Jackson gave an interview to ESPN. Phil Jackson, who's won, I believe, maybe it's like nine or ten NBA coaching titles, uh, multiple with Chicago Bulls and the Los Angeles Lakers, coached the greatest player of all time, Michael Jordan. And then Kobe Bryant, who wasn't far off, Shaquille O'Neal, Scotty Pippen. I mean, this guy knows how to handle big-time players. And he was talking about how LeBron James pretty much slapped the Miami Heat in the face as to why he left. Okay, it's up for personal decisions as to why that is, but It's an opinion. But when asked, well, why is it a slap on the face? Well, see, LeBron James, just like the rest of you feminine black men who side with him, just like you mad-ass (laughs) femi—well, you black women are not feminine, so you masculine black women who want everything your way. See, as Phil Jackson reports, because obviously you know, General Manager Phil Jackson, Paul Riley, uh, Pat Riley, who coached, you know, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem, who are also great players. You see, these people talk. And the real reason that LeBron James left Cleveland um, was not because he loved Cleveland so much as a Cavaliers fan. He wanted to play for the Cavs. The the reason is, is because when the Heat would fly into Cleveland to play, when James was still a player, James wanted to stay the night in Cleveland with his ghetto-ass mama, and the rest of his friends, okay? Now, it's against the rules of the team to stay overnight after a game is over. But see, LeBron James already gets special privileges. He cries to the referee all the goddamn time, like a punk, like a lot of you black men out there who side with him, how you cry. You see, LeBron James is, 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 is not like the athletes of old. Wasn't like Magic Johnson. Wasn't like Kareem. Wasn't like these athletes who just, you know, stuck it out and just played and did what they had to do. No. Not LeBron James. LeBron James is a pre-Madonna bitch. The one that his mother made him to be. And so what happened was, when LeBron James taking his ghetto-ass mother, all of his little friends and shit, he wanted to stay the night after the game and spend the night in Cleveland hang out in his big-ass mansion. You see. And then when the coach was so pressured to do so, he would have to, you know, text Pat Riley, like, listen, what am I supposed to do? I mean, LeBron James, you know, I don't want to fuck around him getting me fired. Because LeBron James has gotten a few coaches fired. Okay? And, And when the coach text messages Pat Riley, Pat Riley says, listen, tell him to get his ass on the plane. He is not bigger than the fucking team. He's not. See, this is what these black men in these sports you know they don't they don't understand because they don't have a man in their life uh uh to raise them the correct way when your mama is a, and lebron's his mom was a hoe the bitch still don't know who his daddy is i mean try that on precise right this is the worst kind of single mother that you can be you have a guy at 15 years old you don't know who the daddy is. nobody nobody knows who he is okay not you not lebron not anybody so lebron you be mad at Negro? Uh, I mean, your daddy for not being there. Your you mama didn't know who the fuck he was. But that's another story.
3: All right, another <laughs> <Enough of> that.
1: <laughs>
3: He's pretty brutal, and he he, he went somewhere uh, a bit more than where I would have gone. And I and again, folks, you know we run a clean ship, and I I do like Mister Jackson for what he does. Uh, we do something a bit different, although you know we're still in the same. Vain as far as trying to Deconstruct some stuff I'm going to put it in a different perspective um, He went again full body karate I think there's a different way of looking at this uh, Again as he was Unpacking the story uh, There was an ESPN an ESPN piece Where Phil Jackson Was being interviewed um, Phil Jackson is a legend Now he's part of Management and has been uh, now he's a, a, the Knicks president, uh, but we know him for being a very proficient coach, one of the best coach, coaches in history, dare I say. Um, and he weighed in on LeBron
6: James. Two as a player. Just, just for uh, he 11, Eleven. coaching championships and two as a player as a Knicks. He came off the oh, bench yeah. for the Knicks. Well, so it's thirteen. Thirteen we, we, altogether.
3: We we can't we can't discount this gentleman's. Um, biography, his skill set—it's otherworldly. Uh, hell, that's the reason why. our sorry behind Knicks, have him uh, in in that position. We're we're hoping that you know we, maybe if you rub his forehead, we might be able to uh, eke out a win in some in some distant century. Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, um, so he used the term posse. And it, it's it's fairly well known. Cap, I I, I you was know, thinking somewhat known that LeBron James operates differently, somewhat differently. That he has a, a cadre of his friends that I believe he he um, he gave them opportunities to 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 be to go into business with him. So this is not the normal. Or the stereotypical story for 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 a, a black athlete, where he just has a whole bunch of hangers-ons, and they don't they don't do anything. They're not contributors, you know. They're not business partners. I mean, these, these are business partners. So maybe specifically about LeBron James, he has a right to, to to take issue, to take umbrage with Phil Jackson. Now the only problem I have is that. One, Phil Jackson has been intimate with black culture via basketball for decades. Now, does that mean he gets a pass? Maybe not maybe it does uh I know and I'm pretty sure captain can weigh on this weigh in on this as well. I'm sure that Mr. Jackson has seen some stuff with these n b a players. We see how some of these NBA players conduct quote unquote business all the time. Was Derek Rose conducting business recently when he was acquitted of, of rape charges? Or, uh, was his comrades who were accused of raping this young woman? And again, he was let off, but were they his business partners or were they his posse? With, with LeBron James, we recently had a, a, a quick story a few weeks ago with the recent World Series game where they had a a camera on Mr. James and his wife, and it appeared that his wife was smoking some kind of substance. It looked to be Mary Jane. Hydro is what they call it on the street. Whatever.
1: Looked like a
6: blunt. Let's call it what it is. (laughs) What it looked like, allegedly. Allegedly. Well,
3: I'm I'm trying to be delicate. So, you have that, and then I remember Commissioner of the NBA David Stern, who 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 took umbrage with the way many of these players who have an affinity for hip hop culture, how he wanted these players when they were off or on the sidelines, <clears throat> on the side on the court side, pardon me, that he wanted them to dress like professionals. I mean, some may want to call that old school. I like to use the term classic. But the classic players that I think many perceived perceived differently. Not that they couldn't have been up to shenanigans. Not that they could not have been up to shenanigans, Captain. But they sure enough put on a good face. So you think of the Magics and the, and the Michael Jordans. Um, even going back to, to Clyde Frazier hell, NBA, growing up, the NBA were, were, were known to be, to, to have a certain sartorial spirit, that these guys were known as being close horses at one point, not so much the, the NFL. There's a few guys, few guys. I think Joe Namath, believe it or not, had kind of a thing with the fur coats. He was, you know, Joe Namath has kind of, again, He, if you know his Pittsburgh credentials, he was raised around black folks also, so he had a little flair about him from a white perspective. But that's another story. With the NBA, these guys were known to be pretty sharp. Many many young people, including myself, looked up to the NBA because of their appearance. That changed in the age of Allen Iverson. Shout out to him. But there were a, quite a few black folks, quite a few black folks, apologists, that weighed in, Captain, about what well, these are multi-millionaires. Why do they have to dress like that? I mean, you have folks that were excusing this this professionalism. I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure the argument was this is respectability politics and, and, and yada yada yada. But if you are multi-millionaires and if you are are, are uh, many of them would say that they, they are their own corporations. Many of them are probably have LLCs. They're business people then why not look the part? No. Popping bottles, the hip-hop thing, do-rags, tattoos. I mean, I'm confused. So this is the world that we've seen change under Mr. Jackson's purview. So maybe he's confused about seeing so many black and brown men in the NBA not necessarily conducting themselves as if they had... Business partnerships I mean that's what it is, so that that's why I, I I really have a difficult time when this surface level outrage these microaggressions this millennial thing, because we know that mr Mr James is a millennial that these slights people weigh in with full power, full passion, and there's never any nuance and I'm not even saying that mr jackson might not have been out of pocket. I, I dare I say there's something there, but you lose me with all this ancillary stuff going on. That's my that's what I have a problem with. And I and I want folks to to answer me honestly. to Call a number again. 646-915-9620. 646-915-9620. Am I am I just delusional? I mean, am I just making this stuff up? I mean I think folks think that I'm I'm intentionally Intentionally, um, just trying to be uh, a difficult person. So I'm intentionally contrarian. I mean, I know that our tagline implies I'm contrarian, the, you know, but I, I don't. I'm not contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. I, this, this is what comes to my mind. It, it, what, what I said was, is it not factual what I just said? or Am I just making this stuff up? Let's go to the calls. Well,
1: okay, you know, I'm gonna go my two cents.
3: I wanna hear. Yeah, get your two cents yeah, but, in and then we just go to the call.
6: I, I think the media loves a white and black situation and they like to amp it up. I think you have that going on with this, you know, because it's really surface. It's really nothing but made into something, you know, that's, that's one thing. Maybe uh, Phil Jackson does, is a little out of pocket in respect to that. And I also think, you know, in lieu of everything that's happening, people are very sensitive between a black and white situation so you have all that going there you know from this at this standpoint at this given time so that amps it up to the point where here we are we have to talk about it that's all i'll add to it afro nerd let's go to the caller
3: all right let's get to it 703 welcome to the midweek what's up tell us who you are where you're calling from
7: hey Cab. hey bird. it's me black road how you're doing Pretty How's good, going, man. Sir? What's the deal? Um, it's it's a controversy I saw this I saw this article like way early in the morning, briefly, I think on Facebook or someplace. I took one look at the headline and completely dismissed it. This is I I want to say pretty much the captain has it exactly right. The the media loves the white black situation. Uh, it's a sensitive time. So basically, Phil Jackson made a comment. You know, LeBron James made a comment, and and basically, the media, which is run by Generation X, mostly, decided to make this an issue, which it's not. Um, to me, it's, it's a complete controversy. um it, it, it's, it's petty. I, I put in the chat, small minds talk about people, great minds talk about ideas. We need, be, we, need, we need to be past this stuff right now. So it's really just a distraction. It's just trying to get a distraction out there. That's all it is.
3: Well, you know what it is also, Black, and, and again, we always appreciate your support. Um, you, you're correct that there are a number of issues going on right now, and because of the, the passion that's been levied toward this, this past, election, the past election results, everyone's on heightened alert. But we have seen a litany of cases
6: where you do see these
3: slights, but I, I will say that some of the other cases I think bear more legitimacy where there really wasn't uh, a lot of precedent at least to our to our knowledge a lot, a lot of precedent with their particular cases like for instance we know of the the OBGYN on that flight a few weeks ago where a man was was in distress on a flight
8: yeah. and they
3: were there were they were requesting a doctor she identified herself as such and then the flight attendant said no nah, you're not a doctor like very dismissive i mean this woman this man or woman i don't know who the who the person the gender of the person and, which is irrelevant, actually, but the general of the person that was in distress. But I would hate to be a person in distress, and you are, are, are trying to, you know, you're playing with my life. I mean, that, that's a, on a whole different level. That's one slight. And then we know of the young Latina educator in uh, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, if I remember correctly, in Boston, where I believe she's a multiple degree person. I think this might have been a graduate level situation, but because of her ethnicity, Her professor called her out in front of her class just because she used the word – I mean, she's there. She's in college. You would expect her to be able to do – I mean, if you're in college, the expectation is you're doing college-level work. And and hence – I might have been using the term hence when I was in fifth grade. So, I mean, there's so many different angles to that. I mean, that's like on-site disrespect, and that is going on. But you're in the right. case of LeBron James, in the case of LeBron James, I mean you're in an atmosphere with with the with the Gilbert Arenas, that that those crew. I mean you got a whole crew of sloppy Negroes, sloppy. And I think if there was the promotion of these these young men that that are able to transcend their um, their status as basketball players, in other words. We know that uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony, I believe, has an investment firm. Um, I, I, we know that the retiring Kobe Bryant, he was hooked up with a venture capitalist. So there are guys, there are pockets of guys doing things, but we're not, as a, as our community, really. We're not really. Pro- we're more interested in the baller status thing. We're more.
1: Exactly. It may not be. Thinking, no, no not you're be right. more. You, no, you're,
7: Believe me, deeper. You know, I, I'm a supporter of the show, and, and you're right. You're exactly right. But the problem is the media, okay? And I think I think this last this election proves how crappy the media has been. It's been like that, and it's been like that for years now. To be all honestly, the media has been crap. I mean, one of the reasons why the election went the way it did, and you know, pe- the attitudes of the people in the media and the people colluding with the media. And, I, and when I say colluding with the media, I'm talking more about Hillary Clinton than I am about Trump. Because pretty much the, the because the media was agit against Trump it seemed anyway hundred percent and they weren't reading the people properly so I mean this all goes back to the issue of what well, again small minds talk about people and that's, and that's what we have in our media now. Our media is now small minded focus and that's how you get stuff like this just like the captain was saying you know this, this 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 plays up and this is just a distraction because of the of the and it's distracting us from the real issues and the real train with just like q storm saying now i mean we got we got bigger issues than Le- LeBron James responding back to, to 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 Phil Jackson. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't read the article. I don't know how he said it. I did read some of the response of Carmelo Anthony. Um, I don't know what guys, what friends of LeBron James that Phil Jackson was talking about. Maybe those friends of his were actually business partners. Maybe they were his accountant, his lawyer, and somebody else. You know, that all happened to be black, and they just happened to be who he cruised around with. We don't I I don't know. I honestly don't know, but at the same time, I, I, it's, to me, it's a controversy. I, I think I think we got bigger issues to worry about. And those fights you're talking about, you know, we just had the issue on Veterans Day when a veteran the veteran goes into Chili's and is asked to show his papers, as you you said before, you know, he show his military ID because some some white person in there, another another um, another customer in there, tells the waitress, oh, he's not he's not a uh, he's not a veteran, even though the guy is in full military garb. With his service dog, and then the manager comes over and asks for his military ID and then takes his suit away from his free meal on Veterans Day. So, I mean, yes, you're right. It's those incidences as well as the more serious incidences of people being attacked and stuff on college campuses and other places. So, I agree with you 100%. Once again, to me, this is a controversy. Uh, this really this really doesn't rate, and I think it's, a, it's thrown out there to be a distraction to people, and some people just fall for it every time. Well,
3: I I would agree with you. I would agree with you. The, the, my only issue is that it does uh, it does kind of connect to what's endemic in our culture though. It's it's the tip of the iceberg with a mentality that's out here where there's n- never really any nuance. Uh, it's a little bit deeper than what you what you really think. And it yeah, it's something that can be ignored, but I think it's also a part of a larger problem. And uh and I've said this I've said this almost since the inception of the show Black that yeah, we have we have uh, greater issues. Definitely, we do. But being honest, part of part of the greater issues are kind of connected with our behavior and and how and our perceptions. Like what we what we give off, we're not willing to root out some of the things that would make our lives a lot smoother. Some of the stuff is some of the stuff as inane as it may be is wrapped up with with us being able. To move forward and to be and to be about business. That's what I have I have an issue with. It's it's LeBron James is you know he's particularly pissed off because personally he was able to deal with his his friends and get them shored up and they specifically are not they wouldn't be considered considered a posse but there's a whole lot of posse's around him in the NBA and you're asking. Bill Jackson to be that discerning, maybe it's fair. Maybe that's fair. But, you know, in the wake of this election and how folks are so shocked, I mean, the Dave Chappelle skit, which we'll talk about, which was legendary, I think he needs to get a gig out of this. You know, the $50 million that he was offered 10 years ago should be nothing for a Netflix deal for him. Hell, his his compatriot Chris Rock garnered forty million just like that. It's so it's so quiet. Show you how things have moved along. Netflix yeah, gave him forty million dollars. Forty million dollars, you know, fifty million dollars ten or eleven years ago was a big deal. Now they're giving out these deals like nothing. Uh, Will Smith got what, a ninety million dollar deal with Netflix? So I I hopefully, you know, we see that his skill set hasn't diminished. But what I was really referencing was the the um the infamous election night skit. Yeah, that was
7: great. Yeah, that mi- that, that was fantastic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> with Mister with Mister with Mr. Rock. Yeah. And and uh, and of course Mister Chappelle. That these two, I was right there in the pocket when that skit was going on. I was literally. I felt like I was in the room. It was. That was. It was beyond. It was. It was surreal because the shock and awe that <laughs> actors had. You could see black folks are like, well, you know, this is this is
1: we've seen Total this theory. before. Well, this, this is, is not This is the white man. This is the white a man. <laughs> so I, I want now. My
3: problem is we have black millennials that are acting oh, like these white cha- like these white characters in this SNL skit. So now well, all your all your micro microaggressions, all this nonsense. This is what's going down now. I, I mean, I'm I'm seeing so much passion and, and, and fright and frightened behavior on Twitter. People are bugging out, black people especially, as if as if this is something new or not to be expected. And when you say things like, uh, I think David Banner, the hip hop artist, had said on his Facebook page that he admitted that he would, he might have to speak better. He might, have to be, he might have to read more. He might have to shore up his game. It's time to start to work on ourselves. It's time for what? A blexit. Not a Brexit, but a blexit. There's some things, this is something that we've always had to do, Black. But now you're literally up against the wall that Donald Trump inevitably wants to build. <laughs> you're up against the wall now. What are Negroes going to do? That's That's what that is. that's, what, that, that's what, what is that issue? And this is what part of this this microaggressions and, and, and being you know uh, taking a slight, being slighted by Phil Jackson and all of this stuff. It's wrapped up in the same thing.
8: Well, Negroes well, well, are going to
3: have to start. Being, let me finish, finish this one point. Negroes are well. going to have to going to have to start really enacting inroads to an infrastructure. There's no, there's no ifs and buts about that. You're, you're going to have to figure out how to be more self-sustaining because it's going down. It's always been that, It's always been this, this, this impending thing that's that's that that was bound to happen. And now you have absolutely no choice. The writing is more than on the wall. So what are you going to do,
7: Black? Uh, okay, so I I want to address a couple of things. So one thing about people being shocked with the results of the election, um, yeah, okay, I remember, you know, back in 2000, you know, I, the first time I voted was for, for Bill Clinton in 92. I was 18 the first time I voted. Voted again for Bill Clinton in 96, you know, and I was kind of a student of politics and history and stuff. I got interested in in middle school and everything. So I, I kind of knew things would always go back the other way. So so when two thousand hit, um I, I was I was one of those people who were pretty upset with the whole, you know, gore and the hanging ballots and the Chads and all that other type of stuff. So I understand people's reaction uh to a degree. I do think that there's some some things are a little bit overboard and I think a lot of that has to do as as the captain talked about with self importance as well as the the use of social media. How people can just put their feelings out there and, and it's part of um, and I'm not gonna, and, and I, I think we need to stop doing it, to everything on millennials, because let's be honest, there's a lot, there's a lot of Generation X folks who are also flipping out too, over what happened with the election and if, and, and the behavior of Donald Trump and so on and so forth, and don't understand how politics really work in this country. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of these angry feelings and other, all the other types of stuff that happen online is because of the social media environment we have now, which has been around for almost 10 years now, and this is what people do. So people don't filter themselves, they don't think. They just, they just, oh, I gotta tell the world how I feel, you know, they gotta yell out loud. You know, back in the day if you just went out to the street and started yelling crazy and everything, people would either look at you or somebody will run up to you and smack the crap out of you to tell you to shit the hell up, <laughs> you know, back in the day. You know. But n- nowadays people are allowed to do this anonymously online and and, and Yell and scream and all that other type of stuff, and you you gotta kind of weed some of that stuff out. It, 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 it's a problem, and you know I do talk to like let's say my my nieces and nephews and t- let them know. Like my oldest niece, I I told her years ago when she when we first gave her electronic devices for her to go online and stuff. I told her if you want to keep you want your private thoughts to be private, you don't put them online. I gave I gave her some basic rules on on how to deal with the internet and everything, and how to deal with social media, and people aren't teaching that. Nobody nobody sat down and really started teaching young people, that's what adults are supposed to do. As far as your point about the infrastructure, our infrastructure was lost with the baby boomers. The baby boomers let go of our infrastructure. We had infrastructure up through the World War II generation. We had black banks, black businesses and everything. Now there's various factors that happened why some of that stuff was lost. But once the idea of integration took hold, black people let that, a lot of of black people at the upper level let that stuff go in order to try to assimilate with, with white people. And the reality is that now, the reality of the Trump election and everything is that it does not work. It does not work. Just because they love your entertainers and your athletes don't mean they really love you. And that's what black people are learning a hard lesson about now. Integration has been a failure for black people as a whole. And that starts at the top, not at the bottom. The people at the bottom, you know, crap rolls downhill. So the, the crap starts at the top. So all our so-called our misleadership class that's been running things for the last 30 to 40 years who led us on this grand experiment of integration and everything, following behind the white liberals to make themselves wealthy and give themselves success and everything, now all the chickens are coming home to roost. And now the people, well, on that, we that got different.
3: On that note, I want to go to a quick group. We, got, we have to pay some bills now. <laughs> At least I think we can kind of say that now, uh, working on getting Ooh. the sponsorship. But I, I, must, I must say quickly um, – That you're correct And we've talked about this quite a bit About the uh, civil rights generation The civil rights generation And how the whole Adage of the white man's water is colder Or the white man's ice is colder And so forth And there was never any discussion Of integrating business You know know, in other words You had 20 some odd And I'm always referencing it because I think it's important to note I don't think people really realize you had twenty plus just in, just in sports. I mean, even, even if you're going to use sports, the Negro Baseball League, and there were other sport, other sports, and commensurate oh, yeah. leagues. You know, you had you had a black hockey leagues, you had black football leagues. But I think mm-hmm. the most prominent, of course, were the was the Negro leagues. With, with I mean, who, oh. you could imagine the talent that was in the black baseball uh, teams. We we knew that that they played uh, these exhibition. Uh, games with with the mainstream white players at at some points, but the, the the bottom line is you had self sustaining because you had to self sustaining black baseball teams that right. just withered away because there was always the the prospect of well we need to get, we need to get into the white man's league it wasn't that right. we have our own thing or if anything uh, if you had maintained them long enough. Maybe they would have, they would have had to approach you to somehow incorporate them with the mainstream league with that's, that's, business that's right. ownership. I mean,
7: that's right, deeper, Right there, I can tell you. Yeah.
3: I can I can tell you specifically that if anything, and even with what what I have done on a corporate level or what I have seen at a corporate level, I've seen mergers mergers in my face where uh, businesses were bought out for hundreds of millions of dollars and the principals are kept on as management, but they were paid off, hundreds of millions of dollars. In other words, there was some kind of way where you, you were compensated or you were brought in, you, you just didn't disappear. Exactly. And it seems with black, with I mean, how do you explain Negro baseball leagues with stellar hell stellar Superior talent, super, not stellar. Superior talent that just withered away because it was always about pursuing white acceptance and getting into the white white leagues. Once Jackie Robinson uh, broke the color barrier, then you know, well, that was well, that there's that. That's that. It'll your business too. wasn't it, your business wasn't integrated.
1: Right. So exactly. now
3: we're at a point. We're at a point. I'll go into it after the break. But the bottom line is, you have, um, you have Stephen Bannon, from uh, formerly of Breitbart, who is a white nationalist.
4: Yep, straight down.
3: And essentially the the guiding, the hidden hand or not so hidden hand. And you know, if, if this doesn't give you a clue to these some of these black folks, they still want to start. Crying and whining and, 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 and scratching, if this isn't a clue for you, for you right now, I don't know what is. Infrastructure has to be even if it's a, even if it's small, even if it's a couple, couple of hundred bucks to start your business businesses have been started for a couple of hundred bucks. we got to start to start from somewhere. Uh, Bill Gates started out in a garage, so anyway. Uh, Black always continues supporting us. We're gonna go to a quick groove, paying the bills. More on Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest, St. Albans, own Tribe Called Quest. Um, they triumphantly returned along with Dave Chappelle on last week's SNL. This is dis D I S This generation featuring Buster Rhymes.
4: Give you a few minutes. Let's groove. <laughs>
2: Box with a capital G, ball in the beat. Status Chris, Paul or John Paul in the league. Grab a mic, still done. I could bleed. Cause I believe the potent and a potent, 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 potent happy, happy geek like speed. If is natural, we will weave. It's all edges and beads. Setting a we on a permanent speed. I'm in the world with my brain's player. Ain't you feel my beta? And my lore grows greater and greater. trail, drop the boy in to his vapor. shake shaking like gator. Spin trail, nigga, pots the data. Blu ray, wave, follow a beta. I need the all for later. Chop a monster with a G to my You can't divide. Find us be the generation. No this Happy cheating, virtual fake people.
1: See these written <laughs> words and science signs. Brain find Thoughts heavy, baby. They're a major applying. Leave a tan when dropping to fly. This a giant. Dudes, nicey tight. Screwed in with some pliers.
2: Cool with some buyers. Yeah, nigga. Cool with some growers. Never no know chattel tales. Only I don't know it. It. See, Yeah, show me generation. Show us what you gon' show us. list so listen, mommy. TV to color with a boy. Mouth like going with a jubilant noise. Dude's and it's useless as coins Shoot them boys burst and rehearsed In the Susan Aloys Talk to Joey, Earl, Kendrick, Cole Gatekeepers of flow They are extensions of instinctual soul It's the highest of commodity and you can get it today we Kelly is low, cuddle bunny ready to go, day of the day. Where all a zombies this day? And it's just your aftermath, bust a cut in your yeah. dress. We'll swing niggas, ride your niggas, UFC. Smoke trio niggas, sizzle like out your USB. Surge fighting on these Ubers, I'ma get me a so Where'd You where Jerome is at? Reviving on impeccable grass, I be in at my seat, waiting for that Lord to pass. Fashion, man, wherever our chest titles just last. Such a ta ta dope gang, lean on that ass. Magic mic on the mic, David Blaine Douglas In the church, of bust the rhymes, it's my sermon, you get me. Horizontal spit and I'm the
0: exorcist of so your wit. Don't pinch your rub. sorry, that's a sin and forgiven. Like I would be skipping on bees like cooking crack
2: in oh, 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 the kitchen. Oh, oh, uh, so just start the pack and dry it back up to wet. This mad city's not a game. Easy, quiet, on set, quiet. Student of the past, trailblazing the day. Not acknowledging or trying to swept stuff in a phase. We feel the highest of commodity crazy. You can get it, get it, get it, get it, get it today. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey.
3: Our groove, Santa was zone, a tribe called Quest, this generation. This is the bit we can review, folks. Featuring yours truly, D. Burt, aka the Afro Nerd, and of course Captain James T. Kirk. The call in number six four six nine one five nine six two zero, six four six nine one five ninety six twenty. I was about to go straight into a clip, which I will do, but I was really grooving. Part of the expletives, folks. Part of the expletives. Um, You know that's the way modern music is on some level, Uh, and I, I, you know, listen. I don't necessarily have to have um, music that is so saintly per se, but I do want you to have some kind of message and some kind of um, musicality. And it's just funny that you know you listen to this tribe called Quest Song, and and again, these men are approaching. Well, I'm not going to get into their ages, but they're mature men, and um, wow, I mean. You, you compare that you compare that I'm starting to actually hear some some of um, their new music on uh terrestrial radio so I, I hope they are able to maintain it really shouldn't be about ageism shout out to afropunk afropunk has one of the, you know uh, part of their mantra they have a whole bunch of isms that they don't really allow, and I see that ageism is a main thing uh, as far as what they're promoting and I could care less about someone's age I'm just concerned about can you bring it? You know, can you kick it? <laughs> All right. Um I see we have another another D M V person. Let's let's open up the line to the D M V and then I'll play a quick clip. Um we're gonna tra- we're gonna to go into the um into the discourse about uh, Donald Trump, president elect Donald Trump and this Stephen Bannon character, uh earthwhile Breitbart CEO and alleged white nationalist. Um He's going to be the guiding hand, the, 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 the senior advisor. I mean, that's a pretty powerful position. Uh, let's over, open up the lines, and then I'll try to get to this clip as well. Another 703. I think this is probably Bison. Bison, what's up?
9: Hey, Diva, How are you doing this evening?
3: Pretty good, man. How are you?
9: I yeah, can be better. Um, I came in on the tail end, so I hope I'm not repetitive. Um, I want to kind of make a couple of quick corrections in regards to Negro League Baseball. The only reason I'm saying that because uh, my father and a lot of his um, brothers and sisters had some involvement in that. There were a couple of factors that led to his his demise, more so than just um, Jackie Robinson. The the main culprit was World War II. Um, A lot of um, leagues, a lot of the leagues, it was multiple leagues. It wasn't like the Negro League. There was like a Southern League. There was like the leagues in Alabama, leagues in various states. And they would, you know, if money was right, they would get together and have a World Series. But the main culprit was World War II. And then another culprit was the rise of college and professional football. Uh, Baseball was America's sport, but by the mid to late 40s with World War II and the rise of football just other factors that led to this demise. Also, many of the owners were, uh, let's just say, some of them were sketchy characters. A lot of them were numbers runners, whiskey runners, and that sort of thing. So, you know, there are times when, you know, the law caught up to them or they couldn't make payroll. So it was a, I mean, it it was a lot. I mean, Jackie Robinson was probably one of the main factors, but it wasn't the only factor. It was kind of limping even before he came along and integrated major league baseball. So it's just a little kind of add a little backstory to what you talked about in regards to um, the Negro leagues. But I understand what you're saying, but I I do think that, um, and I sort of alluded to this in the chat room regards to business, you know, and I'm sure there are going to be business owners who are listening. It's probably business owners online now. Um, Sometimes I think, you know, we throw that out. Okay, you know, you start a business. Most businesses fail. And until you have a payroll, until you have employees, call it what it is. a side hustle. And I don't have no problems with that. Uh, just saying, okay, we need a business. We need banks. We don't even have a a big financial infrastructure we can go to. You know, most banks would give you, if you're lucky, you'll get a car loan or a house loan. But that's about it. You go in there with a business plan, a business proposal, no matter how much credit you have, no matter how much um, collateral you have, nine times out of ten, they're going to laugh you out the room. So, I mean, maybe we need to also establish some form of, ha- of venture capitalism capitalism, so we can go. We don't have to go to, quote, unquote, white banks uh, to get capital to start up businesses. I, I think that's probably one of the main Issues we have as a people now Because I think I hate to say this If we got 100,000 black millionaires tomorrow I don't think the um, The status of black Americans Is going to change that much We just want to have 100,000 more blacks With a million dollars I mean there's, there's some other societal things We need to um, Take into account as well So I, I really want to come in On the Trump thing so I'm going to shut up now Maybe I can hang on and listen and maybe chime in later on. So I just wanted to say that.
3: All right, uh, listen. Your your opinion, as always, is duly noted. Um, I'm going to keep you on hold for a minute. I'm going to bring you back in because we do want to get into the Trump thing. I, I will say about the business part. About um, listen, if you take race out of it, you are correct that many businesses fail. I think it's like a fifty percent rate that half the businesses. I mean, just not black businesses, but just businesses fail. But I, I would counter that. With black women appear to be doing it. I mean, the, the greatest amount of burgeoning black businesses are coming from black women. Because black women, whether it's dealing with children or even with business or more bluntly, more viscerally dealing with survival, they have no choice. When black folks had no choice in the segregation era during Jim Crow South, you still managed to circulate the black dollar because you had no choice. Multiple times. Now that you found out that the, your white man's, white, white man's ice is purportedly colder, you do it one time. I mean, uh, allegedly, the black dollar remains in the black community less than 30 minutes. I mean, I hope it's not that bad, but it could, it could, if it is that bad, I, I wouldn't necessarily be shocked. And I just think that whether it's, whether it's difficult or not, it has to be done there's no way, uh, uh, there's no way to get around it, and when you have a white nationalist, not that i mean let's put it this way we know this is also a psychological component too if Hillary Clinton <laughs> had become president, there's nothing to stop someone uh, who, is, who who was who white to have a, a a white nationalist spirit or to, to, to be in the pocket for white advancement so it seems, to, it seems to matter to black people that they actually know that it's a, it's a white nationalist. I mean, he, you know, he has that label, but it could have easily been business as usual and you just didn't know, but you'd feel more comfortable. You see, you see, the Negro is clearly asleep. In my mind, I I'm really not making that much of a distinction between Hillary Clinton and President-elect Donald Trump when it comes down to Really how black people Have to operate going forward That I think I have to chime in With David Banner I think this might be a blessing In a perverted indirect way I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the greatest Thing since sliced bread But now you, you absolutely Have no choice because I, I would find it hard To believe that a, a Confirmed uh, Alt writer Alt right enthusiast Or alt right promoter Slash white nationalist Is going to have black interest in, 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 his, in his dossier I don't think it's going down that way to our, to, I see we have other callers For those who'd like to join in on our discourse I see more DMV folks in the house Please press 1 If you press 1 that way we will know That you're literally raising your hand And you want to join in, join in on the conversation um, l- Let's go to this quick clip I think this is courtesy of The Young Turks uh, Yank Uger and his outfit uh, I, I, Again a per, Again a person who has um, Who serves As, as an, a, an excellent example Of having his own media operation On the internet It's thriving I mean, this is, I mean is there a black equivalent To that I mean I see a few cats who have pretty impressive sus- Subscriber rates On YouTube but again That's a business You have Marquez Brownlee who, because of his skill set, has 3.9 million subscribers on YouTube? It's safe to say that young man at 22, 23 is probably garnering six figures a month. So, I mean, the excuses are wearing thin, and whether and whether they are excuses, we have no choice. I mean, that's what it is. That goes for yours truly. That goes to anybody listening. There's no, there's no choice. There's no choice. That's that. All right. Let me see if I can find this. This clip, Okay, here we go. Young Turk, i uh, give you a few minutes of their waxing about this white supremacist perhaps being on the payroll. Hold on. So Trump has named some of his appointments
10: to the Trump presidency going forward, including Reince Priebus as his chief of staff and Breitbart's Steve Bannon, who is also the CEO of his campaign, as chief strategist and counsel, whatever that means. Um, Pence will lead the transition team, which we already know. He, uh, of course, elbowed out Chris Christie. Not um, an easy
8: thing to do. Not
10: an easy thing to do. He, Chris Christie got a lot of flack because of Bridgegate. Also, he wanted to transition the Supreme Court into the Supreme Food Court. That's a joke. Um, anyway, so... Wait, he really
8: wanted to do that? Yeah, that's what he wanted oh, wow. to do. Yeah. The, Supreme, the, <laughs> food yeah, the food, Supreme, Supreme Food Court? Someone said Taco Supreme Court. How about
10: Taco Supreme Court? Anyhow. um,
8: There's no such thing.
10: According to Paul Ryan, there will be no deportation force. We're not planning on erecting an immigration
11: force. You're kidding. It's almost like Trump was playing the people to vote for him. It's almost like Trump was completely bullshitting which goes, with, uh, goes against everything he's ever done. I can't believe that he was playing those people. That's weird. He's not going to build a wall? That is so weird.
10: Yeah, so he's not going to build necessarily a wall all the way through, but there will be some kind of fencing right. in places where so there needs is, not be a wall.
11: Has he announced when he's going to renegotiate NAFTA? <laughs>
10: no one knows. Um, but there are people who are, um, the ones who are defending his appointments are, funny enough, Reince Priebus, uh, especially the attacks on Bannon on Stephen Bannon, who is a former Breitbart. Basically, a lot of people are saying he's responsible for the alt-right, and it's hard to disagree with them.
5: Hard to disagree.
10: Um, And here is Priebus appearing uh, to defend Bannon on Morning Joe.
5: There are some concerns about Steve Bannon uh, because of the Breitbart connections. What would you say to those people that have those concerns right now? Well, that's that's not the Steve Bannon that I know. And I've spent a lot of time with him. Um, but look, you know, this is all about achieving President-Elect Trump's agenda. Um, and I can assure you, and I think it's really important, and I know that President-Elect Trump wants everyone to understand this, to all Americans out there, no matter your race, your gender, your ethnic background, he wants to make you proud of our country, he wants to serve you. The appointment of Stephen Bannon, even if he did go to Harvard Business School or whatever, sends a signal that some of the stoked up uh, hatred that happened in the fringe parts of the internet uh, are things that he's bringing into the White House. Am I wrong about that? And how do you make, how do you reassure people that's not the case? Well, I think everyone out there can agree that you judge people as you see them, not as other people have said. Uh, But, and that's the, that's, that's what I would say is that You know, it's what people do, Um, it's how people act on a day-to-day basis, and that's nothing I've ever seen. I've only seen uh, a generous, hospitable, wise person to work with. And the other thing about President-elect Trump, and everyone understands it, who knows him, he listens to a lot of people. If anyone thinks that I'm the only one that's going to walk into that office and say, this is what you have to do. I think in a lot of cases <laughs> he takes the advice, but he likes to listen to a lot of people, and that's a good thing.
8: Response? <laughs> well, I, my response is that Reinsberg was uh, a great choice to be. Uh, honestly, though, I mean, like, for, for he's a yes. Republican president, he's he he is uh, he's gonna, he's not going to name who we want to be the chief of staff of the White House. was uh, somehow through all of this, was able to keep that group together, and as chairman of a party that seemed to fall away with with the, with the uh, candidacy of Trump he was able to somehow keep those people together keep people behind them and then Trump won so how in the world i mean objectively speaking not speaking with any opinion here how do you not say that this is the perfect pick to be the chief of staff to bring the the staff together and be the liaison between the republican congress and the president i mean I, I, it's to me it's a no brainer perfect pick it's amazing that we're sitting here talking about it. That's all. That that that, that is amazing. Right. I mean, Rides Priebus,
11: who I'm pretty sure by the end of the campaign they had him working out of the back of a 7-Eleven. <laughs> that's somewhere. right. Somewhere. I mean, this guy. I mean, uh, he once threatened. Didn't he threaten to cut off Trump funds?
8: At, at one point mm-hmm. he did. And, and at one point he said, "Well, he, you know, when asked, he was like we 'We're not going to have to worry about that.' This is early on in the campaign when people were talking about the hypothetical of a Trump presidency. Well, we're not going to have to worry about that, but we do have to respect." All the opinions and all the candidates in our party. Well, you know, there they are.
11: So, uh, are we going to, is there more video about
8: Bannon? There's more video about Bannon. Yeah, because uh, that's, Bannon is a Totally different conversation. Yeah, yeah. rent
11: privates, I, I, I actually like listening to him because he, his speech pattern is like a guy who's super angry and drunk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
8: and, well, well, and long-suffering brewers fan, too, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah.
10: Before we go on, you said he was somehow able to keep all these people together. The sad part is, like, I know exactly how he's able to keep these people together because they want to stay with their jobs as long as possible, so eventually I, they rolled over.
8: Right, well, of course, but I, but it's it, 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 whatever you like. I I don't like being in the position of defending Reince Priebus. I can't stand that. You love this. But but if you're looking at who who should be rewarded in the world of Republicana right now, it should be Reince Priebus to a degree because the party did – has seemed to fall together behind even – I mean you're seeing texts from – All
3: right. Enough of that. You get the gist uh they they are trying to pick apart and again a uh, hat tip to the young Turks on youtube and they're they're um, waxing about about this um former c e o of Breitbart news i mean we know that uh Andrew Breitbart died at a relatively young age a few years ago and he assumed leadership um Stephen Bannon of Breitbart News. And he's a very well-educated dude. However, Breitbart has been has certainly been uh, the cornerstone of the right movement, um, the right to the right. And um, we see that David Duke has spoken up. David Duke, the white supremacist, has spoken up about Bannon, and he you know once he he said bluntly, "Oh, he's you know he's." he, he uh, promotes fine uh white cultural views i mean he, he emphasized the whiteness and and the <laughs> and the nationalist streak so it is what it is but see you you can you can really uh extrapolate a lot from this choice and it shows you clearly the distinction between Barack Obama and Donald Trump with access and ability that even when when president obama be, you know assumed the office that he assumed the office with, with shackles, really. I, you know, I, I hate to use that terminology, but that's exactly what we're dealing with. I mean, it really goes to the hubris of community or the hubris of, of whiteness. That when Obama, when President pardon me, when President Obama came onto the scene, there was so much scrutiny as to how black he was, which was really, uh, really to prevent. I would assume an analogous setup from a black perspective with what you see with the Donald Trump administration. Donald Trump is certainly an alpha white male in the sense that he is not going to show you his taxes. He's going to hold his genitals. He's going to grab your woman's genitals while he holds his own. He's going to get his right-hand man who's – in your face a white supremacist and the media are not going to really dig in deep on this. That's what the power of whiteness affords you. And that when so when black folks were so or some black people were highly critical of President Obama and his administration, that administration came about with a hell of a lot of clamps put on it. He was he was given a if talking to, he was not going to be able to conduct himself like this pro-black, in-your-face, uh, Stokely Carmichael-esque administration. Now, if all things all things being fair, now you don't. Unfortunately, you will not hear this from the punditry. If I were a part of the punditry, commercially, I would say this that. Based on what we're seeing now, I would defy. I would defy a white critic, and I'm not. I, and I hate to even go into into. Um, I hate to go into race all the time because I'm not really the race guy. I try. I try to deconstruct race because I, it's, it's beyond that for me. I'm beyond the emotionalism, but I will. I will attest to what is truthful. I will attest to what is truthful. Tell. To tell a black person now, after seeing how this administration has been allowed to get away without really that much scrutiny, I would defy that if a black person or a person of color, but let's say black for the sake of this conversation, were to attain attain this position, that he should be able to hold his genitals and have a radical black agenda in there. Because this isn't mainstreaming anymore. Every, the expectation, the deportment that one would expect for folks try to or have tried to give the impression that we're putting in a mainstream operation so not to offend anybody. But hyper whiteness, hyper alpha whiteness dictates that you're allowed to you're allowed to John Wayne it. He has truly bogarted the presidency. And you can't say anything about it. The black man does not have that ability. Now, now that's what makes this really interesting. And I would, I would want someone to be able to to, to, to say this. We're so controlled this, that someone should at least say it like that. I mean, Van Jones, he is to be respected. Very elegant gentleman. Also a comic book head, so I, you know, I have a lot of a lot of respect for Van Jones. But he called it out. But he didn't go deep enough. My thinking is: next go around, a black or Latin person, or or an Asian a person of a or, or of um a person of color of Asian descent, whatever. A, a black person should be allowed to attain that office and put put who the hell he wants to put in there. Then, and if and if they do that, if if we're able to see, if we're able to see another black person get in office, he needs to do debate and switch and let's see what happens and if and if he gets he or she gets critiqued we'll just point to the we'll just point to the to the uh trump administration how you like me now we have a lot of calls let let me bring back uh i'll bring back bison in one second we have another dmv person i'm just curious i'm just curious i mean I have to confess, I looked up the word truth, and you go into you know, when you look up the word truth, you, you find a lot of uh, philosophies, obviously, the study of truth. This election has made me, like, actually investigate the definition of truth, because we don't seem to abide by it. Nothing is truthful. Nothing. Anyway. Can I'll I, go into that at some,
6: some later date. Can I say something? Before sure, we get sure, to the sure. So from my perspective, everything that Trump is doing is going according to the plan. What Trump is supposed to do, now, I'll, I'll say this allegedly, theoretically, spookism-filled, all right? You, some of you might say this is bullocks. He's supposed to spark worldwide nationalism, which within a nationalistic system, system, which is really a response to globalism, you cut the banker from the energy flow. That's what happens. That's why China is a problem. That's why North Korea is a problem. Israel's is doing their own thing. The, ban- the, the bank is manifest there. There's a reason why Israel does not let the Palestinians in. Of course, they'll be destroyed. So, But it's really not nationalism. The media will not call it that. It's Nazism. That's really what it is. And the reality of the situation is not Nazi from the past where you're picking up everybody and putting them in concentration camps. no, 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 no. That's the industrial prison complex where they put all you blacks in the prison system. That's a whole other story. Done by everybody. Done by liberals, done by uh, Republicans, done by Democrats. That's really what it is. You understand? As I said before, it's a different type of Nazism. Since that's the route that I believe that he's going, and the media, because they're a bunch of cowards, they'll call it nationalism, which it sounds a lot better from that standpoint. I personally feel that And a lot of you do feel this. I've heard this before. The assassination attempt comes. Now let me tell you where it comes from. It comes from London. Who gets implicated in it? It's Pence. That's what's on the board already. All right? How how does the captain know this? Type of madness. Spookism. Allegedly. A lot of bullocks. A lot of you will turn around and say, how does the captain know this? Because the captain stays behind the curtain. You understand? That's how I know this. All right? So everything that he's doing at this given time, it's right on time. This is how he's supposed to operate. All right, And the assassination attempt is going to fail. So that's ultimately what we're dealing with with this now. Now we can listen to all these other callers and let them chime in. As I gave you a bunch of bullocks, a bunch of madness, all right, spookism, allegedly. Back over to you after
3: All right, let's go to the DMV again, another DMV caller. 703, welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up?
0: Oh, hello, gentlemen. My name is Bob from Virginia. Now, let me stop here. I'm walking. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think you gentlemen, uh, I don't understand the dynamic that's driving our society. And namely, the individual doesn't have a say in his life anymore. Uh, We don't don't succeed or fail on our own merit. Our success and failure is based on what politicians do, namely the politicians in Washington. It doesn't matter whether they're Republican or Democrat, white or black. They control the levers of power for the benefit of themselves. They've conned the rest of us, not me, but the rest of the folks in thinking that uh, they're serving them when nothing could be further from the truth. If you want to engage in your life the way you want without being interfered with, without being coerced, then you need to uh, adopt a stance where you're opposed to Washington, opposed to the centralization of power, and, 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 and embrace decentralization, namely that local governments should have more power at the expense of the federal government, and later states should have more power. That way the governments are more accountable. And government closest to the people governs best.
3: Well, I tell you something. You're saying some important things. I'm not going yes. to disagree with your. I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying. I guess my my issue is is that uh, it is all a facade. Um, I, I'm less concerned about Trump in, in one regard, that uh, he's only going to go so far. I I just have on a visceral level I just have a difficult time believing one man Is going to uproot the entire system And we have to cower in fear fear Because you know we saw what happened To Nixon That you know There there are uh, Parameters in place To take someone down Whether it's through impeachment uh, Or otherwise That if he were to truly try to uproot the government Someone would deal with him Uh, I'm more concerned about you just said in the sense that i think we're not really holding our officials and we really haven't been holding our officials accountable um no this is supposed to be a representative democracy and so we have folks that are basically on the take because this this has been a corporatized government when you think of special interest groups they really run the show money runs the show and unfortunately many of us are so distracted through media, through our own personal lives, just trying to survive, that we really can't get into this to the degree to uproot these people. So, I mean, in some ways, maybe Trump, you know, he, he's kind of a, a bull in a China shop where he's, he's forced people to, to, to figure out how they're going to get out of their personal malaise. I'm more concerned about getting out of my own personal malaise as opposed to dealing with Donald Trump as an as a personality, um, I think we're we're up against the wall at this point. I'm saying this as a person as a person belonging to a minority group. That you know, I'm less concerned about about Donald Trump as a person, and more about what are these disparate groups going to do. I'm, I'm not going to be cow to this to this figure uh, as if all hell going to break loose. And we have, no, we, we, we have no power. It's time to kind of take our power back, even on a personal level. I think we have to become – it's almost going to be a, a, a fiefdom or a fightdom, I think, at this point, where people are just going to have to figure out their own parameters, their own infrastructure, and then have at it. That's what's going to happen.
0: Well, it's not – we, we shouldn't be talking another. personality figures. Uh, they're all interchangeable, Obama, Bush. Clinton, uh, uh, Trump—they're all interchangeable. It doesn't matter who's in power. The the system is is the one that's corrupting everything, and it's not—it's not necessarily corporations. They're part of it. They'll buy out some politicians, but—but the mob, the people that Bernie Sanders is trying to curry favor with, those are the real—that's the real damaging part of this republic. Uh, Fifty-one percent of the people plunder from forty-nine percent of the people. In fact, uh, Thomas Jefferson said that. uh, democracy in its purest form is tyranny of the majority. And that's what we really have to be worried about. That's the greater of two evils when you compare it to corporatism. Because uh, uh, most of our expense in government, in fact, the, the, the component that's going to bankrupt this government and, and destroy our country eventually is Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. Those programs are insolvent. And they were developed by Democrat, progressive Democrats, to basically con low-info, uh, low-income voters in the voting them. And they, they put in place a program that they knew was insolvent, that they knew was a Ponzi scheme. And that's where we're at today. What's happened is we're going to be more divisive, not because of anything to do with race, because I think the race is not, a, in my opinion, is would not be a problem if this country wasn't bankrupt. We're spending over $200 billion a year on interest on the debt, and that's going to continue to grow. Uh, the, the military spending is, is third behind uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, and eventually it will be behind interest on the debt. So, our government and the centralized power in Washington is what's destroying this country if we If we decentralize power back to localities and and more importantly back to the individual, we'd be fine
3: yeah you know i i i would agree with you i mean when you, when you think about uh my issue with american politics uh I almost would liken it i, I almost would liken uh if we had something like uh, uh, the Bundestag. Or um, a a British Parliament where you have a myriad of different political groups vying for power, that they share power. They have issues too. But the fact that we played this racquetball between two parties as if – I mean, listen, I consider myself a conservative. But at the end of the day, I would prefer for, let's say, a pragmatist party where we just figure out – we just figure this out as opposed to there is a Republican way of doing things or a conservative way of doing things. There is a liberal way of doing things. There are problems out here that have to be corrected, but we, we're so caught up on what, which team we're on that uh, if there's going to be a shining light, and I say it's very you know it's highly doubtful, but if there were to be a shining light on this past election, is that it might lend credence for the development of these other or I should say the promotion of these other parties, whether it's green party, libertarian, whatever that there needs to be more choices for people to access power if they so choose it. But this whole thing of vying between left and right, and, and it's always the lesser of two evils, I mean, that, that's why, I mean, as much as I thought that this man didn't know anything, uh, Gary Johnson, I put my vote toward him uh, only because I got tired of every two to four years someone telling me that you have to vote, you have to do it this way because this person – is more evil than the other person this is not this, is, this can't be life this can't be life all right so uh, uh again continue, I agree with continue you. listening to us continue listening to us we appreciate your your uh support and uh very great call very good call thank you so much love yeah, hey, hey, i, lo- I love I loved... sorry to cut you off you were gonna say all right, all right, I couldn't you know i tried uh let's go back to bison i think bison wanted to, to wanted to um weigh in on the trump affair
9: hey um Deaver, just want a couple things one thing that's becoming abundantly clear is how the media right now is going through a process of normalizing what's in the white house all right is just another word for fascism and racism and then mainstreaming it as we speak but i don't i don't you know, fault them as much because the media, in 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 in, in no direct fashion, created Donald Trump, and almost treated it as a joke because the ad revenue was off the charts. And before they got serious, he he wiped out the GOP field. So I don't even look for mainstream media to be an advocate because what's going to happen when he gets in there? you know they control the access so they can say, okay, New York Times, Washington Post, you're not part of the White House press pool anymore. Then maybe we can start having some advocacy um, press, you know, outside the main, you know, in the That's mainstream arena. You know, because good point. I, I, I stopped at them years ago. I get my news sources from other places. But this is another thing, Debra and capping everyone. Black, black people was in hell in November seventh. So why is November ninth any different than November seventh? <laughs> well said, brother. Preach. Preach. I don't understand that. I mean, we act like um you know our situation just went from dire to um hopeless in like forty eight hours. I mean, I I just and I'm worried. I'm, I'm looking at our millennials. What I'm seeing online. A lot of them totally lack backbone, like we, you said, and I've said. And, you know, we've seen worse, we've gone through worse, but we're gonna, you know, a hashtag ain't gonna do it. And some of those, well, and they're gonna go, and they're gonna go after some of those social safety nets. But um, but social safety nets are basically fifty, sixty, seventy years old, and we was making it we got to find what got us through the Great Depression and everything else. I'm not saying it's going to be as dire as that. But this is we made it clear what he's going to do. And I don't know we're just shocked because he won or we shocked like, oh, he may even do these things. He told you what he's going to do. Most thieves don't do it. They just come up and cut your throat. They said what they're going to do. Now, the thing is, what are we going to do to react? Now, I agree with you. Um, this system has always been flawed, and black people, I mean, African Americans used as pawns by both parties. You know, what percentages can be up for debate, but we've been used. And we've got to find something beyond a political system, because right now I just see some floundering. I just see protests just for the sake of protest, and I don't see any adults in the room. And we got to get some adults in the room and start making some decisions and start to be become strategic again because we're too reactionary and we, you know, some of us are just going to get rolled over. I'm going to use a military um, analogy here: is we got to start thinking about these little battles. If you win enough little battles, you can you can you can push back on the war. We don't even have an operation order for the battles, and that's what's I'm, that's what I'm fearful of.
1: Well, uh,
3: Bison, again, your contributions to the show, uh, you know, I can't say enough. Uh, Whether we contour and contrast, I don't do that disagree thing. Um, That's irrelevant. What you just said is very, very integral. And my my belief is this. um, We're up against the wall. If if, if you want to perceive that, we've always been up against this wall, (laughs) like you said, November 7th, November 8th, whatever. We've always up, been up against the wall. Now, clear. When I talked about Stephen Bannon, uh, the media, you know, they're weighing in on this, that this gentleman is an you know, uh, alt-right uh, pundit or alt-right promoter, and he's a white nationalist, whatever. You, this is only matters to you because you know. I mean, you know. If you didn't, I mean, there could have been people and have been folks going back, a millennia. <laughs> and it was what it was. So, hell, Lincoln could have been a white nationalist. He wasn't, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a, a wholesale uh, uh, proponent of, a, against slavery. This was just a, a means to an end. I mean, he would have clearly maintained slavery if, if it wasn't going to break the union. So even even Lincoln, the great emancipator, uh, you know, this was is, this is a political move really wasn't done because of, of, of a moral issue. He wasn't a John Brown. What you said about the millennia, millennials, and I hate to just dump on the millennials, and you're right, there are some Generation X and, and baby boomers that have issues too. I guess that we're, you know, the, the, the millennials are the ones that people are cowtowing right now. We're, we're seeing their behavior because, well, that's what it's all about. Social media means you let it all hang out. You, you videotape yourself ad nauseum. So we see these people. Uh, and we see how reactionary they are. I, I, I bought this domain name, and, and even I have been distracted, which is very difficult. But the domain name is, is implicit on where I'm going. BlexitStrategy.com. Blexit strategy. Just as, a, just as there was a Brexit, British exit. There needs to be a black exit. Now, I'm not saying a literal black exit where you, you – exodus – where you're leaving the country, because we, we, we've been contributing to this country. We, play, we pay taxes. We've given our, our forefathers and foremothers paid with their lives and their culture and their pain to the development of this country. So we're not going anywhere. But if there were to, if there were to be some kind of active response to what is going on, if, if we need to respond to this, what you need to do... Is to take away some of this money And I, there's, a, there's a whole Host of things that we need to, need to do Culturally Part of the Afro nerd branding Which I, we've, we've been talking about ad nauseum here Is about Deconstructing the notion Of just the black body In other words w- Black folks Stereotypically have been so connected to The black body And physical prowess That we don't seem to believe that there is a just as masterful and as and as uh, successful and as elegant and as um, adroit as the black spirit may be on a physical level. We don't, we seem not to think that there is a commensurate brain power thing. I've made reference to this New York Times magazine piece going back. I can never forget it. I would advise our listenership to just simply put in, um, put in nerd. Uh, Uber White, 2008 New York Times. There was an article about what it meant to be a nerd and how how some white some whites are dissuaded. Some whites are dissuaded from pursuing uh, the nerd classification because well because it's you know social it's, it's social um, difficulties all the all the stereotypes that are connected to being a nerd. They, they really didn't want to be connected to that. And if they did not want to be connected, these are students, um, well, I'm saying younger people. If white, younger whites did not want to be classified as a nerd, they would adopt black mannerisms, which literally means that to be anti- smart, you have to be cool, and to be cool means to be black. To be a nerd means to be uber white, being white but extra white, being nerd. So, that's just absurd. Intelligence doesn't have a color attached to it. But we have to start to actually impart brain power, just on a very basic level, brain power in our communities. We have to, we have to start to become comfortable in, out, in, in thinking ourselves out of these situations. Uh, the, the time of the, of, of the, spook, the spookism that, that uh, Captain Kirk talks about, spookism and, and shamanism. Over overt relig- religiosity that has to stop. What happened to the think tanks? Why aren't we uh, Why aren't we developing? Well, we have think tanks, but we need to be relying on them more. Actual think tanks, actual strategies. Um, taking out these monies right away, uh, based on what's going on here in in, in the system. Um, there are. African stock exchanges Which I'm, I'm, I'm investigating now You have African stock exchanges You have African American African American investment firms Shout out to uh, Melody Melody Hobson uh, George Lucas's George Lucas' spouse At Ariel Investments in Chicago uh, That's a minority owned firm There are other minority owned black firms um, We have to start To shore up these black banks uh, We see that the Enrollment in HBCUs Have increased. There are things we have to do that that we just have to do. You know, the the forestalling of of instant gratification, which we've seen other successful ethnicities do: the Nigerians, uh, some Asian folk, some um, Sephardic Jewish people. If you look at their cultural standard, if you look at their cultural standard, they forestall immediate gratification. They wait. They plan. They plot. We have no choice. You never did. You never did. And I said this, Cap, countless times. You're not motivated until you see Satan, <laughs> a.k.a. Donald Trump, coming at that ass. Now he is, he is, he is unabashedly alpha male. We see that B- President Barack Obama could not do the, the do it the black way, the way that, that Donald Trump is doing it, the white nationalist way. He, that's, he can, he's allowed to do that. Isn't that amazing? He's allowed to do that. But if Barack Obama were to do that, he would be checked. You, he got his check with Jeremiah Wright. But uh, Donald Trump is able to do this. And I defy fair-minded, progressive white folks. I'm not talking about progressive politically. I'm talking about just being fair-minded and forward-thinking. Even they would have to say that this dude is able to be full-on white. But the brother that got in that White House, he wasn't, allotted that. He wasn't, a kind of, he wasn't afforded that kind of leeway, that latitude. He wasn't given that latitude. Let's go to the phones. Enough of me bloviating. Three, two, three. West Coast in the house. Welcome to the we can Review. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. Yo, this is Ampo. What's up, hey, man? Mr. Poo. What's up, man? Always good to hear from you. I'm good. I'm
12: sorry I'm a little late. I was actually on my daddy duty pause. <laughs> and I might have missed your LeBron James uh, take. But I did want to respond to uh, the comments once again targeting the millennials. I'm not a millennial. Maybe I'm on the cusp of the end. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 39. I, maybe I am a millennial. I don't believe I am. But I, I'm really getting tired of of this um, this maligning of the millennial generation because there's been some great things that have come out from it. You know, you have Mark Zuckerberg, the people who created Twitter, the people who created Vine, Snapchat, all of these video games and innovations that have occurred. But, you know, we want to malign millennials as – Uh, people that want participation trophies and want everything handed to them and don't want to work hard. And it's like, haven't we learned from how Generation Y and Generation X were treated by the baby boomers? And at the same point, I want to say, well, who raised these millennials? So, I feel like the people that do want to keep going at them, they need to have a hard look in the mirror at themselves because you made them this way. And I, I think to, to, to chastise millennials for not being active or only being active uh, once things occur, I think it's just really unfair because, again, they're in this—they're in this new age of where um, even communicating with people is so impersonal. I mean, they, I mean, let's just be honest. A lot of them think that communication and keeping up with your friends, keeping up with your family, uh, being active, is going on social media. And I have to say once again. Who raised them to be
3: that way? And that's what i got to say. Well, uh, uh, Aunt, listen, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not really disagreeing with you. I guess my issue is is that with, with, with some millennials, it, it's, it's bec- maybe because it is connected to social media and the fact that, you, that, the, that these millennials are trying to um, give you their opinions in 140 characters or less That they, they are receiving information In a rather truncated way And they are disseminating information In a rather truncated way And I also, I also liken some of these millennials As to having their own personal Fascism In other words You're allowed I don't, I don't really care about your, about your age I'm not an ageist like that I don't, I don't even do the age thing what I, what I care about is Facts And being truthful And being able to to um, handle a criticism of your belief. When you listen, when you try to actually engage some of these millennials, they will spout out some new age description for you. They'll say, they'll call me, Well, you are a cisgendered straight m- black male. And because of your station, we can have a conversation. They'll do that to me, and it has been done to me. They'll do that to me because. I am deconstructing your argument, but you, won't, you can't handle the deconstruction. And I'm saying everybody in life, everybody is entitled to be critiqued. And if you go through a strainer of, of, of criticism, if someone is able to, to disassemble your argument effectively, you've got you to gotta take that. If, someone's able to, if someone comes back at me, there's been many times if someone has said something to me and has, has taken apart my argument and then put it back, to, back together again – and I have to say, OK, you know what? My bad. I actually see your point of view. These these miniature fascists, because I've seen I've seen them up close. I've seen how they get down. They said, well, you are a whatever gender white female. They'll get they'll describe who and what you are and then say, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to critique me. And I'm like, what? So, I mean, you're t- it's like it's a type of miniature fascism that we've never seen before. It's crazy. And when they get into trouble, like now, for instance, many of these, many of these millennials that are, that are in the street right now, I have no problem with them in the street. I think some of the, the folks on the right are being disingenuous. Okay, this is how I deconstruct. Some folks, even some people that I admire, uh, Glenn, Dr. Glenn Lowry and uh, – well, not so much Dr. McWhorter, but Dr. Glenn Lowry – he had said he kind of thought that some of this stuff going on in the streets is sour grapes. No, this is not sour grapes because it, there's a lot of empirical data to denote that, that this man does not have the skill set or the deportment to be president. It's not about, oh, I just don't agree with you oh I don't agree with your political bent. We're talking about somebody who is grabbing trim, okay, and, and then women, women came out. Wearing T-shirts saying, um, "Trump can grab my rump anytime." What? Really? You see what I'm saying? You have these, these millennials that are in the street in the street, and when they were questioned, half of them didn't vote. What? So you're angry and you didn't participate? You can't, you can't get it, be in the street and talk about your, your disdain for this election if you weren't a part of the process. But that's that millennial ish, so I'm calling well, it like I see but it, but again, you
12: act come like on, come you, on, come on. you act like this isn't a generational 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 it happens you are not engaged in this political process. you know it's it was a case, probably when they started to the, well maybe not, but oh, I'm taking it when they you see country, I, I know you're going you Nope know, it was no, nope, don't case do it. In the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, nope. and 90s, youth turnout is, you know how they are. But no, I mean, no, no. to just, but I mean, to to but, differentiate, to differentiate those that are out there protesting, who I say, you know what, suck, that, suck it up, that's an L. And then when I go and malign them as an overall, I'm like no you can't do that And, and, I, and I'm just kind of tired because it's like do we not Learn from when we were that age How we were chastised How That's we were maligned
3: is not being Activism Let's be fair Let's be fair if you listen to some of the audio And the video Of the 60's generation Who took hits Okay When When, um, when, when John Why am um, uh, well, I forgetting his name the, the congressman who took that beating? Who was a millennial of his day, um, on the Pettis bit, uh, Bridge? That was real. These people took hits. They took water hoses. Many of them were were highly educated. When they were interviewed, they spoke truth to power. Their their uh, knowledge base was their uh, their knowledge base was not what we're seeing now. They could they they could actually they could actually talk uh, talk about their viewpoint far more cogently than what we're seeing with, the, with these millennials. These millennials, they have, they're coming into the whole thing, I think, on some kind of unfair microaggression thing. It's not, it's not based on anything real. We can dis, see, we can disagree. You know I, I don't have any problems with people coming with their opinions when their opinions are, are fact-based, it's well thought out, and it's, it's well-versed, and it's researched. These folks are coming at, coming at it as if uh, everything starts at 1995. See, that's my issue. That that that's what I have a problem with. It. I'm I, I'm not. And then you're right, though. You are, I would I will concede to this, that this is weighed heavily on the poor rearing by their by their uh, preceding generation. That is that issue. I will I will grant you that. But you, you can't go out into the streets. And half these people didn't vote and then cry. You know, come on. That sounds crazy. That's a fair point. Cap, but I mean. Points. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Ant. Go ahead. No,
12: but I was just saying, I just wanted to come in and say, I, I just, I'm just really getting tired of the maligning of millennials. Now, I will malign those losers, like you said, to suck that up and take the L. But just overall, he said, "Well, this is just indicative of the millennial generation where they just can't take a lot." And I'm like, "No, no, it's not. It's indicative of those people. Just like um, uh, Chris Brown is an indicative of young black men. It's indicative of him, and that's what I want to say."
3: Duly noted, sir. Always continue supporting us, man. We appreciate it. Um, you know what? Hold on for a minute. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna revisit this. Uh, this LeBron thing for half a minute since we did speak about this back and forth. You say you didn't hear uh, what I said. I'm going to just give you a real uh, <laughs> annotative. I will give you a real annotative because it's it's endemic of the millennial mindset. So that's why I'm going to bring that uh, up. Here you go. Um, here you go. Okay. Well, listen. Try try, try to deconstruct it if you will. Um, you right away, 140 characters or less. Um, you know. I told you, listen, I'm looking at this differently. I'm kind of rehashing it for the audience. We're talking about LeBron James and his, um, his, his uh, response to, to Phil Jackson. Um, Phil Jackson, ref- in an ES- ESPN piece, referred to uh, his business partners as a posse, and he took umbrage with that. Now, on the surface, I, I get it. I said this at the beginning of the show. I get that. My only problem is, is that this is the NBA, Ant. And the, this is the NBA. This is LeBron James with his pot-smoking wife during the, uh, that was videotaped during the World Series. Um, this is the, the, the post-David Stern. This, this is, hold on. This is the post-NBA, the post-David um, Stern NBA, where, where he was pleading with some of these players to dress in a more corporate fashion. The way that right. the, the, the the old school cats did there was there was less um, wiggle room with the professionalism that we saw with the older players i mean I, I remember looking up looking up to those cats because they were the, they were the most sartorial well dressed uh people in sports now uh post Alan Iverson is thug life so now He's in this arena. He's in the uh, in the Gilbert Arenas time period. He's in the Derek Rose. Der- were Derek Rose his compatriots with with the girl that they that they hit off? Were they his business partners or were they his pot- posse grabbing grabbing trim in a uh, post Donald Trump presidency? Because you know you know now he has a constitutional amendment now. Aunt, you see what I'm saying? All this is connected now. How how do you deconstruct that? I'm not saying he's not right, but look at look at the look at the zeitgeist that he toils in. You, you, what about the, the the basketball player? Is it I think it was the basketball or football uh, cap where he 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 has an intimate situation with a young lady, and then she tries to um she, she tries to get two point five million from this guy. Did you hear about that story?
6: That's football. That's football. 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 Denver Broncos. I I won't say anymore.
3: (laughs) Okay. She has relations with this man. And he's such... I want to shout out to Corey Holcomb. He's such a goofy... He's such a goofy... That she is is, uh, blackmailing this guy. I mean, what is that? This is the arena... That LeBron James is toiling in. So now, uh, excuse me, if Phil Jackson, who has had an intimate cultural connection with the black community for over fifty years, that he's confused yes. that he didn't. Get he, I would. He played professional professional basketball for many years, oh, okay. and then he became. A, okay. a, a, and and he. I mean, you don't. This is a black lead. We've been told this is a black sport. You don't think he? You don't think he's picked up anything from black folks? I'm not saying he ain't wrong. No, said, I'm not
4: saying said, I'm not saying he's
3: not wrong, Aunt. But I'm saying let's let's be let's be nuanced. Let's be honest that we're not talking about a league of professionals the way we did when 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 uh, when Magic Johnson was playing. I'm just saying. And didn't Magic Johnson get AIDS from being such a huge hoe? Very secretive, sir. Right? Wasn't What was oh, on Instagram?
4: Geez. See. See, see, in okay.
3: this time, we would see – we would, we, would see, we didn't even know who he got. We don't know who and how he got it. And when he, he came out I on, a, on, on a rather di- – listen, even then, even, even in that effery, and I, you, 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 you have a point. We don't know all the details. This is a whole different level now. Now we, we would have a play-by-play on video, streamed to multiple outlets. TMZ would have told you about this, and you'd have video. And the woman, and there'd be some kind of some kind of obviously there'd be some kind of of blackmailing scheme going on, some kind of embezzlement thing going on.
12: Okay, I mean this is all I, I I think, a different universe now. I think that we can't get into the um, paint uh, because your uh, teammates, your peer group, uh, your teammates act this way. Then that way we'll paint you with the same brush, especially with someone like LeBron James who has really comported himself to be a, uh, a true professional for the most part. I mean, if you want to look, the worst thing that you could probably say about him is the fact that he did that decision, which is very much so in poor um, poor, uh, poor, taste for him, where he should not have done it. Okay. But for the most
3: part.
1: But,
3: but mind, you, really... mind you, mind you, but listen, when you see, when you think of Michael Jordan, you think of business. Like, I mean, just the way his, his demeanor is very – has always been in very we, – we can critique him. We can critique him, too. But as far as his – he's called air. As far as his air, he comes off professional, business-like. Um, LeBron James is, is pursuing that, but he is being anchored with his paramour, who I just mentioned, was puffing on hydro. During okay, a okay, okay, a okay. World Series game. Hold on, his mama was connected with one of his yeah. colleagues getting getting the bus down, and also she was in a car accident. I mean, he is con- and he's connected to hip hop with Jay Z as his boy. So what I'm saying is, his zeitgeist is not. It, it, it's confusing. It's it's okay. it, you admit it's confusing, okay, and that's guy, why I'm giving try? Phil Jackson a pass. I'm giving him a pass. Yeah, because I'm confused. Can I deconstruct? Now you could attend one
12: well one, his wife was not smoking pot. The only people reporting that are a bunch of black blog sites.
4: You I saw the video. Hard,
3: she looked like I saw the video. She looked like she's eating on
4: something. Listen and
3: I know simply, when somebody I, I know okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you did, did you see the smoke? Did you see the smoke? I, I ain't seen. Nothing. Oh come I on! <laughs> it.
12: I, he must he must have a love capacity of of uh, Michael Phelps, if not more. Come on, man. Because <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Secondly, you, oh, I yes, saw I saw. It. Yes, he hangs out with Jay Z, but there are worse people to be in your peer groups than Jay Z, who is reaching damn near billionaire status and has made a number of business deals. I might not like him that personally but the one thing you cannot say is that man is not about his business now yes he still has that drug dealer label yes he does rap about it and care and 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 likes to uh, boast about some of that which i definitely have a problem with however it's not stopped him from closing millions and tens of million dollar deals with some of the biggest wall street and uh madison avenue companies so i'm not going to knock him for that his mother, yeah. I mean, You can't help who you're born to. That's all I can say about that. Okay, hold on. Let me. Let me got some. I got
11: some. I know that smell anyway. Frustration and cocoa butter. <laughs> Looks like we
1: got a snack amongst <laughs> uh, uh,
3: Aunt, I smell. And I smell desperation of cocoa butter on you. Wow.
8: <laughs> I
4: I smell
3: hey,
12: desperation cocoa butter.
4: Mom, like. Yeah, I ain't got nothing for that one. <laughs> listen, man, that was straight up
3: uh, shit. <laughs> Desperation and cocoa butter. Uh, listen, I, I want LeBron James to win. I don't want. I was very happy to hear that he uh, paid allegedly paid for his friends uh, to be educated, to become, um, to have a certain skill set to be to be professionals, not to be hangers-on. So there's some there's a, there's an intellect there. I will I will attest to that. When he decided to even do this, he was he was critiqued because normally, and this is part of part of what we need to be doing. I will I will concede to this much, and at the very least, LeBron James exemplifies what many, if not all, black folk, and especially black athletes, should be doing, because the normal play-by-play. For the internal workings of black athletes is they have business managers, attorneys, accountants, uh, representatives that are oftentimes not looking like them. They're very rarely men and and women of color that they have on the bankroll. Now, he deconstructed that, got friends, people he knew, got them educated so they could do the business. So that's why he took personal umbrage, and maybe he should, but oftentimes that play-by-play is not the case when you see black entertainers and sports figures, that you you very rarely see them have uh, men and women of color involved in, in their business. Now, I will tell you, even with what I do outside of podcasting, I see other ethnicities Do the tribal thing with reckless abandon, without any kind of pretense, and without any kind of criticism. Just as you saw at the highest level of the land, i.e. Donald Trump, Donald Trump is able to hold his genitals, have a white nationalist as his senior counselor, and he dares you to tell him no. Now that now, I don't know why we are under different rules than everybody else. I mean, that's just being fair. It's not even being racist. it's, be, it's just being It's just being fair. It can't be everybody else's tribal except black people.
7: And
3: that's it <laughs>
6: 30, we have,
3: seconds. We got about,
6: thirty seconds.
3: We have that's seconds any Any closing remarks before we get on out, out of here? Saturday, six PM by the way. Saturday, the grind house. Uh Paul Louise Julie of the Wolf Pack artist independent independent uh black artist coming through. He has a new project, new uh Kickstarter campaign. I want our listenership to contribute again our version of Blexit contributing to other artists of color, other comic book creators of color beyond Five Marvel. Seconds. Just saying. I'm just saying. I will be there. All right. Anyway, appreciate it. Despite the weather by K Tronada. See you, see you
4: Saturday, 6 p.m. It's been real. Thanks, <laughs> man.
11: Petronata new as well. I am
12: a brother.
4: Oh, yeah. oh, Petronata. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad, my bad. But
1: I play this stuff all the time. All the time, yeah, my bad, my bad. I do know Petronata. yeah.